0: Ephesians chapter 6, God bless all our kiddos as they're heading out, Ephesians 6, we're going to finish up talking about praying for the house, amen, and I'm excited about this morning, I really believe today, thank you Kelly, I really believe today is going to be a great cap and a, a great seal on what we've been talking about on Sundays and Wednesdays throughout this month when we're talking about praying for the house. Uh, And so as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 6, let's pray together and let's ask the Lord to speak to us today because I really believe God's going to give us some revelation in our life, some motivation in our heart to make a big difference in the world around us. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity, Lord, to make a difference, not only with our uh, actions, Lord, uh, and touching and loving on people, not only with our ability to give finances, Lord, but with our prayers, Lord I know our prayers make a big difference and Lord stir us to become men and women of prayer and especially men and women who pray for the house in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. you know Jesus talked about the church like his house he said my house shall be called a what house of prayer and so as you know a number of weeks ago really a couple of months ago as i was preparing to come and uh, minister to you uh, probably in january the lord spoke to me this message uh, on praying for the house it just came to me in about 30 to 45 seconds i wrote it down i felt like it dro- dropped in my heart that god wanted me pastorally to encourage us and really challenge us to become men and women of prayer and not just men and women of prayer but men, men and women of prayer who pray for their church families Now, as I began to think about that, I thought, well, that sounds a little self-serving, but how many of you know uh, that Jesus prayed for the church? John 17, before his death, burial, and resurrection, and ultimate, uh, uh, you know, ascension into heaven, he prayed for us in John 17. He said, in fact, I'm not praying for the world, I'm praying for the church and the whole context of his prayer basically you'll learn when you read John 17 and look at it is that he he wanted the church to be strong and healthy so she could make a difference in the world and so I began to meditate and ponder on that, and, and we've been talking about it. In fact, uh, God gave me for us, in this season we are in, a five-fold prayer directive for our church. Here it is. Uh, I want to just go through them quickly, and you just jot them down again. And, uh, bring... Hey, Mark Williford is in the house. Hey, Mark. Good to see you. You've been gone Afghanistan? Uh, Kuwait. Kuwait, that's right. I got you in the wrong country. Good to have him back. Let's give Mark a hand. been serving the Lord and serving our country. Been in Kuwait for a number of... Man, I've been waiting to see you. So glad to have you back. And so, uh, man, we've just been talking about praying for the church, Mark. And so uh, we've been praying for you as well. So here's these five-fold uh, directive that uh, God gave me for us. Number one, we need to pray that God would forgive the house. In fact, Jesus in John 17 prayer said, sanctify them in truth. In other words, we've got to stay clean before God and then free the house. Everyone say, free the house. How many of you know Jesus came to set us free in many different ways? In fact, this morning, as I was praying and just preparing for today, I just sensed something beyond what maybe we think about this point. Uh, We think of freedom, we think of spiritual bondages. But you know what? The Lord dropped in my heart that God, we we ought to pray that God would uh, free us from financial bondages, I really believe that. And so, uh, in fact, let's do that right now. Father, we pray for our church family that you would help us not only with spiritual struggles and hang-ups, but, Lord, you would help us with financial hang-ups. And, Lord, you would free our church, Lord, from financial bondages, Lord, in unnecessary debt and unhealthy uh, financial practices, Lord, and liberate us, Lord, so we can do more for you in this coming year and for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. So that's just a, a revelation thought I had this morning in praying for you. And so I'm praying for that. And so then number three, we're to we're to pray that God would focus the house. And in fact, next month is really a big part of that, making missions our mission. And uh, God wants us to become men and women who have a focus for the purpose of God. Let me tell you about me personally. God's redefining my focus and purpose. And I want to tell you as a pastor, sometimes uh, your focus gets unnecessarily out of sync with God's real f- highest call. Uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, pastor, I, you know, I get focused on the the. the, the, the the necessary things but not really the the higher calling. For example, it's real easy to get focused on finances. How many of you know finances, if you just focus on that all the time, it'll drag you down. And so, you know what, we've got to stay focused on finances, but our biggest focus is not finances. Our biggest focus is making a big difference in the world. And so, I'm praying right now, and my focus is getting retuned and rekindled in many different ways. And so, I'm excited about that, and I pray that be the case with you And then number four was fill the house. Uh, Not just uh, physically, but spiritually. But I believe they go hand in hand. God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. I sensed the presence of God here this morning and his filling us and empowering us as we praised him. And I believe God wants to fill the house not just with his Spirit, but I believe when that happens, he'll begin to fill the house with people and hungry people. And so I want you to begin to pray for that. Every day I'm praying that God would draw people from the north, South, east, and West, how many of you got some people in your life? you know if your people If you go find your people and bring your people and they bring their people, we can fill the house. Amen, God loves people. Tell somebody God loves people. He loves your people, He loves your friends, He loves your husband, your wife your your neighbors your, your some, hey he loves the people you don 't love. Amen. He cares about them. And so let's go find our people. You go talk to your people. I'll talk to my people. And hopefully we will get our people here. And then their people, their people go find some more people. And we'll fill the house. And, and God will be blessed. And so we're praying that God would fill the house. And then we're also praying that God would finance the house. We're praying for canceled debt. Everyone say canceled debt. And I'm believing God for that. In fact, you just hide and watch. I just believe God wants to do financial miracles in 2012, not only in this house, but in your life. He wants to lift you to another level. It doesn't matter how much a gallon of gas costs. God owns the cattle on 1,000 hills, and he's bigger than your problem. He knows what your bank account is. He knows where you are. He knows where we are, and he wants to bless us financially. Somebody say amen. In fact, hey. He's got all the gold and everything in his care. You invest in him, guess what? He'll invest in you. Amen? So we're believing God for that, and we ought to pray for that, and we ought to pray that God would help us. In fact, here's the fine tune of my— the reason I'm praying for that is not just to get the monkey off our back, though that's pretty good. How many of it feels good when you pay something off? Woo! you just feel— but the real reason we want the monkey off our back is so we can do more for him in 2012. And throughout our life. And so you'd be praying over those things. And so just stir up the spirit of prayer and pray for the house. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, last Wednesday, we looked at the, uh, Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 for the church. In fact, Paul prayed uh, for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1 and then in Ephesians 3. We'll look a co- at a couple of verses in Ephesians 3. But then he concludes his prayer or his, his this letter in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 and 19 let's look at it together and let me read it for you in fact let's all read it together it's on the screen i trust you can see it here we go Ephesians 6 18 and 19 now before we read let me just let me set up the context he's just in fact He's just finished, in my opinion, one of the finest letters ever written, I mean, to the church. And and if you know anything about me, you know I love to hang around Ephesians. I love this book. And then he closes out this book with a real warning about the condition of the world we live in. And he said, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he begins to talk about the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Then he talks about the armor of God in Ephesians 6. How many of you know where I'm at now? And and about how we need to take our stand because of the evil day. And then he caps that off with an instruction to the church to pray for one another. And I want you, as we read this, to to get the import and the serious tone and, the, and the, the, the heart of Paul when he realized, I'm about to say my last words to this church in this letter. What's the last instruction that I want to give them? And this is what it was, praying for one another, praying for the church. So here we go. Let's read it together. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance might be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Wow. Did you see that? Let's read, let's read it together again. Here we go. A little louder. You got, you got, the, you got the feel. Here we go. Everyone together. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me that utterance may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Wow. And so we see here Paul the Apostle closing out this book with the instruction. A really heartfelt, a really impassioned instruction for this church, one final word to them you've better with all your heart, with everything within you, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful and with with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Again, he's not telling them to pray for the world to be saved. He's praying, say so you've got to pray for one another. You've got to cover your church family in prayer. The last thing I want to to be ringing in your ears when you finish reading this book is, is my impassioned instruction and beseeching to you to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so as we close out this series, I think what a great verse for us to really ponder for a moment. That Paul the Apostle thought the last words to this church in Ephesus was, ooh, with everything within you, with everything you can muster, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints, praying always, with all prayer. You know what most people, when they think about this, they think about, I just wish somebody prayed pray for me. I just need somebody to pray for me. How many of you know we start praying for one another. There'll be people praying for you. In fact, I just believe that, that, in fact, I'm praying for you, and I would encourage you to pray for me. But Paul, the apostle knew this is what we must be doing. And I, one more time, want to just simply answer the question, why must we pray for the church? Why must we pray? Ephesians gives us a good idea as to why we must be praying for one another. I want to give you three thoughts this morning. They're very very simple, but in some ways eye-opening. And Paul the Apostle revealed them in this book. Uh, and and he, he evidently, because he's, he starts the book praying for the church then he instructs them and then he prays some more for them in chapter three and then he says now you guys need to pray for one another three things that i want to show you today why must we pray for our church and become a real prayer force in the earth praying for the church number one because the days are evil the days we live in are evil is there anyone would like to debate me on that How many of you realize the days we live in today are evil? And, you know, when you study Ephesus, you'll find out that Paul, he knew that in Ephesus, in their day, the days were evil. And in our day, the days are evil as well. And he shared that in many different places in this book and the evil influence of the world. That's the context of this prayer. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And we've got to take our stand as a church against the evil day that we're living in. In fact, if you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, he says this, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Make the most of the time you have. We'll talk about that in a moment, but he said, "Why do we make the most of the time we have because the days are evil? Why do we pray for our church family? Because the days are evil. There is a spiritual force working in the earth. I've already told you that 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 the enemy has been busy in our lifetime devaluing the importance of the local church in the minds of God's people. There's a spiritual onslaught against the church. There's a spiritual war coming against the church. Let me tell you something. The devil's not out messing with the world they're just in the world and they're they're in part of his camp he's not out messing with them he's out messing with the church And God's called us to a place of of, of spiritual warfare, and that's what he's trying to get across to this church. The the day we live in is evil, and we need to pray for one another with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance for all the saints. Why? The days are evil. In fact, in Ephesians 6, 13, he said, you've got to take your stand, and you've got to have the armor of God he said take up the whole armor of God look in verse 13 that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore you see we're living in an evil day and we need to pray for one another that we would not we would not falter in the evil day we would not succumb to the evil evil influences of this world that we would stand strong and be the kind of church that Jesus said he was building the kind of church he said I building is the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church why must we pray for one another as Paul said in this verse with all prayer and supplication in the spirit why because the days are evil we've got to pray in fact you know the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Paul told the Corinthians in in chapter 10 verse 3 and 4 He said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they're not natural. They're not, you know, we're not fighting the devil with with pistols and knives and, and smart, you know, it's a spiritual battle, right? He said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Could I tell you today that prayer is a spiritual weapon that God has given you? To pull down spiritual strongholds. To push back the forces of darkness. That's why Paul concludes Ephesians 6 in this this instruction about the armor of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In other words, yeah, you can get the shield of faith. Yeah, you can get the sword of the Spirit. Yeah, you can get the helmet of salvation. Yeah, you can get the belt of truth. Yeah, you can get the shoes of peace. Yeah, you can get the breastplate of righteousness. But you get all that, you better get out there in the Spirit and begin to pray with everything within you for your brothers and sisters. It's like the power and the fuel of our faith. Why must we pray for our church family? Because the days are evil. Amen. And it's time to go to war. It's time to go to battle. It's time to get positioned correctly in God and begin to pray accordingly. How many of you know prayer is a real position we need to be in, in a spirit? In fact, I I just see uh, Paul trying his best with this church to get them positioned in an attitude and an atmosphere of warfare praying. How many of you heard the phrase prayer warrior? Come on now. And as I always say, most people are prayer warriors. They're not prayer warriors. It's just a letter difference, but a world of difference when it comes to impact. God wants to turn you into a prayer warrior. Someone, when the devil wakes up and he never slumbers, but he says, oh, you better look out for Michelle. She's become a prayer warrior. You better look out for Trent. He's a prayer warrior. You better look out for Liza. She's begun to war in the spirit. Like a preacher friend of mine who, Preached a series a little braver than I. Titled His Message, Who in Hell Are You? In other words, what, what does hell think about when they think about you? Oh my gosh, it's a prayer warrior who's positioned themselves in prayer. In fact, we see this importance of positioning ourselves. And here's how we position ourselves. Number one, we see in Ephesians, we war in prayer in the Lord. Everyone say, in the Lord. Look in in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. I've quoted it, but look what Paul says, finally. Everyone say finally. In other words, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm winding down, but this is real important. You don't talk about the weather when your last few words. You talk about something important. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Everyone say in the Lord. Everyone say and in the power of his might. That's a position we need to take. In fact, the word in, I love this little bitty word. I've told you this many different times. And the word in means in a fixed position. He said, finally, my brethren, you got to get yourself fixed in a position. And this position you need to get fixed in is in the power in the Lord and in the Power of His might. Do a little Bible study in New Testament about being in Christ. You will be overwhelmed, uh, at, at being fixed in Him. In fact, the Bible says we are in Him and He is in us, and we've got to get fixed on that. You know, some people wake up one day they just don't know if they're fixed or not. They don't know if they want to sin or not. They don't know if they want to serve God or not. They don't know if they want to pray or not. They don't. Want, they don't know if they want to really read their Bible or not. But I'm telling you, there comes a time when you realize the days are evil, and I've got to get myself fixed here i got to get positioned in him and in, in, in the power of his might because there's a spiritual battle that God has called me to fight. Come on, it's time. God's looking for soldiers. He's not looking for milk, toast, jelly spine believers who are just coming to church to get some kind of little temporary fix to get the temporary monkey off their back day in and day out, jumping in and jumping out. It's time to be all in for him. We war in the Lord and in the power of his might. We get fixed in that posture, in that position. Amen. That's why Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 that we would know the power of God in our lives. That we would operate in the power of God in our lives. Read those prayers again, Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians 3. He's praying that they would know the power, that we would know his power, and then we would get fixed in the power of God so we could war against the principalities and powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Our position is in the Lord. Number two, we see it in this, verse 16. Uh, uh, We war, or verse 18, we war in the Spirit. Everyone say, in the Spirit. He said, he said praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit everyone say in the spirit let me just say this god wants to shake up your prayer life there is this is what i believe from a personal perspective and, and this validates it biblically when i start praying and I keep praying and I get into this with all supplication, praying always with all supplication. I get into an, a, 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 a different level. You know, there's one thing a Lord bless me today as I go my way. But let me tell you something. God wants to shake up your prayer life. He wants to move you into another gear called in the spirit kind of praying. In fact, Romans eight twenty six says, Sometimes we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit prays through us with groanings too deep for words. I'm telling you, listen carefully. Some of you have never prayed this way. You've never prayed to the place where all of a sudden, let me, let me give you this illustration. You know, I, I, and I'm not athletic, never have been athletic, but in my school you had to be athletic. And, my, and, and, and if you want to play football, you had to run track in the offseason. And, and my, they would make you run long distance, cross country. Everyone say cross country. Oh man, it was no fun. I tried to make my cross country by a Dairy Queen. That's where I was headed, you know, on the way to cross country. We'd stop at the gas station, get a drink, you know, and we'd run cross country. And my coach would tell me, oh, just keep running. Before long, you'll get your second win. I never had found that second win. I, I, maybe I just didn't run far enough, you know. Just keep running. You'll get your second win. It may be true for some, Trent. You may have found it sometimes. Like they say, you know, you're running, you're just about, and all of a sudden, your second win. Well, I, I've never found it that way, but I have found it in the Spirit. I found the, 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 the second, the first and the second. When I start praying, it seems a little work. It seems a little effort. I'm laboring, and all of a sudden, as I keep pressing in, as I keep talking to God, as I keep uh, pacing back and forth, or however you do it, all of a sudden, it seems like now i am in the spirit does anybody know what i'm talking about today where you move into another gear and all of a sudden you realize walls are coming down you realize that things are being broken in the spirit you realize that those powers and principalities are shaking in their split up boots and you're making a difference in the world because you are in the spirit if you have never experienced that, I promise you, you can. If you'll just keep pressing in, and you say, and, and then if you don't feel it after a while, you stop and say, God, my pastor said there is a spiritual gear. There's a spiritual wind that if I keep pressing in, I'll get in the spirit, and I'm going to believe him, and I'm going to believe your word, and I'm asking you to get me in the spirit to a whole new level where I can make a big difference in the world. Woo! Your pastor needs some people who are praying in the spirit for him. Our missionaries need people who move into another gear at the place of prayer where it it moves from labor into supernatural, anointed, moving in the spirit realm. Oh, Lord, somebody help me. How many of you are catching what I'm talking about? why do we pray for our church? Because the days are evil. and We've got to position ourselves in the Lord and in the spirit. Read Ephesians 3 and 16 and verse 20, because he said, I'm praying that you may know the power of God. And he said, why? Because that he says, I can do all things and he says uh, the, he talks about the power of God available. In fact, verse 20, he says, "Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think." You see, when you get in the spirit, God begins to do things beyond your natural plane, things beyond your capacity to even ask for or think of. I love what the message says in this verse 18. You know, the message is a paraphrase. The message says this in in verse 18 where, you know, we read praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. The message reads like this. It says prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard. Pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Why do we pray for our church family? Because the days are evil. There's a spiritual battle going on. When I was a kid, you know, you had three channels ABC, CBS, and NBC. There was no such thing as cable. And so you had three shots. And as Jeff Foxworthy says, if the president was on, you were in serious trouble. The president is on I'm gonna miss flipper so you're not a lot of options and I love the old war movies and as a kid I can remember you know maybe this was submarines or you know PT-109. I mean, I love those old war shows. And when the battle came, there would be an alarm. Whoop, whoop. And you would hear someone uh, over the loudspeaker going, battle stations, battle stations. Everybody try that with me. Battle stations, battle stations. Come on, everybody. Look at your neighbor and go, battle stations, battle stations. Why? Because we were under imminent threat. It was time to go to war. Somebody do it again. Battle stations, battle stations. If there's a battle going on and why do we we position ourselves at the place of prayer because there's a spiritual battle going on all around us for the souls of men they're not out hassling the lost people they're out hassling you they're hassling your kids they're preparing to undermine your children they're preparing to hassle your brother your sister they're working overtime trying to keep them out of the race trying to keep them from the gospel of Jesus Christ why do we pray for one another because souls are in the balance It's spiritual warfare. Number two, why do we pray for our church? Because there are doors that must open. There are doors that must open. And listen, there are some doors that will never open without the prayer of God's people. There are some miracles that will never take place without the prayers of God's people. And let me guarantee you one thing. You'll never get an answer to 100% of the prayers you do not pray. And there are spiritual doors that must open. That's what Paul was talking about when he said pray for one another with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, with all long-suffering and patience, with all perseverance, uh, praying for all the saints and for me. Now, he was their official voice. He was the apostle. He was, the, he was the, the voice for them. And he said, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm am an ambassador in change, that I may speak it boldly as I ought to speak. He prayed that same, he has that same, he didn't pray that same prayer. He asked that same request of the Colossian church. Flip over to Colossians quickly, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 4. Look what he said. He said this. He said, Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you are a master in heaven. Verse 2, Continue earnestly in prayer, uh, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am an ambassador in chains. Listen, we pray for one another so God will open up doors of opportunity opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants to open a door that no man can close. In fact, when you read Revelation and you read the letters, the church, and I, you don't need to go there, but, uh, and I don't have time to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You read the letters uh, to the churches in John, uh, pardon me, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, the church of Philadelphia, which is the city of what? Brotherly love, a church that had learned how to love one another and care for one another, okay, you got it? He said, I'm opening a door for you that no man can close because you stood strong. You put all those pieces together. This church was caring for one another. And, and, and undoubtedly praying for one another And loving one another enough to pray for each other And God said, I'm opening a door Listen, there are doors that need to be opened there are doors for Church on the Rock North that will not be opened until we begin to pray. God, we stand in the gap for our community. We stand in the gap for our people. Lord, our church family, we need doors of opportunity. I'm praying for Glenn and Linda that new doors would open for them in the ministry. I'm praying for Ryan that new doors of opportunity to make a difference in people's lives would open to him. I'm praying for Scott and Sabrina that the doors of opportunity, Lord, open doors uh, for our people. Lord, open doors for our family, Lord, for our children, for our teenagers, God. Give them an open door of opportunity to boldly proclaim your word. Amen. You know, sometimes we look at our kids, you know, and when time for school to start, and here's the kind of prayers we pray over our kids when school's about to start. Oh, God. Protect our kids, Lord, from that evil world down there at that public school and those terrible, ungodly influences all around them, Lord. That's a prayer warrior. My Bible tells me my kids are arrows. Uh oh, that sounds authoritative. Uh oh, that sounds uh, uh, warfarish. My kids are arrows, God gives them to me. They shoot into the heart of darkness. Lord, we ought to be praying over our kids. God, give them a voice to their, to their friends. Give them an anointing to be able to minister to the kids. They're your ambassadors into the public school. Oh, Come on, parents, quit protecting your kids from the world. They already know all about it. Come on, raise them up as powerful forces in the world, but not of the world. You can't keep your kids. In fact, the more you try to keep your kids from something, the harder you're going to have to work to get them away from. I don't know where that came from But it's free (laughs) Open doors Everyone say open doors Doors must open Number three and we'll close Why must we pray for our church Well the days are evil The doors must open And just quite honestly The day is quickly approaching What day the day, the day the day, of the Lord. Now, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, he said, redeem the time. Redeeming the time. Everyone say redeeming the time. He wanted his, hey, let me tell you something. You read the scripture. You read Jesus. You read Paul the Apostle, Peter. This is clear as a bell. We have a limited amount of time. To do his will We don't know how much time we have But it is limited And there is a day Called the day of the Lord When Jesus Christ will return To planet earth That's why Paul said Redeeming the time Why do we pray for our church? Because our time is limited We've got to make the most Of what God has given to us We can't sit around and sit, soak, and just sour. We've got a job to do. We've got a world to win. We've got a mission to accomplish. And we've got, we've got souls that need to be saved. We've got houses that, uh, pardon me, church families that need to be built and pastors that need to be raised up and missionaries that need to be sent out. The, the, the day is fast approaching. And when you look at Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you can read it later. He says, The day of the Lord will come upon us as a thief in the night. Paul, the, Peter picked up on it in Second Peter chapter three. The day of the Lord will come upon you as a thief in the night. Jesus even taught that one, two, two will be working in the field, one taken and the other left. Why do we pray for one another? Because the days are evil. There are doors that must be open. And the day of the Lord is fast approaching. TikTok. Turn with me, if you will, to one final verse. Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to listen to me. Listen carefully. If you haven't heard anything else I've said, listen carefully to this verse. These verses. Let's begin in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And then let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good work. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together As is the manner of some. But exhorting one another. How many of you know that's not only good to see you. God bless you. I'm praying for you. But it's really praying for you. So much the more. As you see that day approaching. You see as we go closer and closer to that day the darkness will get darker but the plan is for the light of God through the church to get brighter and brighter. Why do we pray for our church family? Like Paul said praying for one another is essential. It's an essential ingredient As a Christian, as a part of the church family, we have a spiritual mandate and responsibility to pray for our house with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance for all the saints. optional we need one another not just to huddle down and wait it out but to take our stand as the church and Paul said the glorious church how many of you know Jesus loves the church my church let's stand together battle stations battle stations some people think what can I do oh my friend what can you not do at the place of prayer able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or even think the question is not what can I do the question is what can I not do if I position myself in Christ and in the power of his mind at the place of prayer if I position myself in the spirit place of prayer what can I not do I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Father today as we come to the close of this service may it be the beginning of a new day for Church on the Rock North may it be the beginning of of a whole new avenue of prayer, a whole new stream of supernatural anointing flowing.